Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. Here you'll learn about how to grow your home building, remodeling, or contracting business. If you're not growing, you're moving backward. So we want you to always be in growth mode. This podcast has really turned into a movement and community of people who want to grow personally and professionally. Here we bring you some of the best marketing, sales, and business minds in the industry so you can elevate your business. All right, let's dive into the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode 89 with Ken Parsons. And in this conversation, we dig into Ken's background a little bit at the beginning, but stick with us because he is now franchising out his business. And I think he's got some good takeaways, some good lessons in here about how you can do that in your business. So uh, I know a lot of you listening are builders or remodelers. Um, He is specifically gutters but there are a lot of great business lessons and strategies that you guys can use from this conversation and apply it to your own business. So stay tuned for episode 89 with Ken Parsons. Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to talk to you about BuildBook, who in addition to sponsoring this episode, they've developed a program to help all of you during this extremely difficult time. If you don't know what they do, they offer a tool that funnels all the conversations and decisions that occur between you, your team, and your client before, during, and after projects into one place and made it dead simple to use. They've taken something that is chaotic for most of you, like staying on top of all the messages you're getting over text, phone calls, job site conversations, you name it, and brought it into one channel that's simple for anyone on your team to use. Look, I don't need to tell you guys this, but good, clear communication with your clients and team is more critical now than it has ever been. BuildBook knows how important this is for you as well, but also knows the strain this crisis is having on your business. So they're offering their software to you for free. Yes, you heard that correctly. To help you get through this unprecedented time, BuildBook has put together a program to provide you with some free resources, including their software. It's an amazing opportunity that I strongly encourage you to take advantage of. So hit pause right now and text BUILDBOOK to 33777. That's one word, BUILDBOOK. They'll immediately send you a link that brings you directly to the page to sign up. There are no strings attached. It's just their way of doing what they can to support your business. So go ahead and hit pause and text BUILDBOOK, one word, to 33777 to get your free account. All right, let's dive into today's show. Hey, Ken, glad to have you on the show today. Glad to be here, Spencer. Yeah, I'm excited for the conversation. Um, We're going to dig into a number of things, but I always like to kind of start off with, you know, how did you get into the construction space? We all find our way into this industry, you know, through a variety of paths, but uh, how'd you get into it? Well, uh, probably wasn't by choice in the beginning, probably somewhere around eight or nine years old. uh, My dad had, you know, recruited me to go out and, you know, I always grew up working on uh, going out with dad on his work truck whenever I wasn't going to school and uh, being his little helper. (laughs) getting him tools and helping him organize his box truck and try and make heads or tails of things and organize it for him. Uh, and then probably uh, as I got older, uh, I started getting into um, uh, some landscaping and things of that nature that I started doing and uh, went to school to be a teacher. And I did that for a few years. And then after uh, about my third year teaching, 
uh, I had a guy approach me and ask me if I wanted to do gutters. And, and I was like, nah, I, didn't, I wasn't really interested in going into construction. I already, you know, been there, done that with my dad yeah. kind of thing, you know? <laughs> so uh, basically, um, you know, I went, uh, school ended and summer was here and I ended up finding myself in construction, working with my uncle down in Long Island, framing houses. And, uh, and this guy approached me about doing gutters again. And I was commuting from Dutchess County, New York, two hours, two and a half hours, one way, uh, just to, get to Long Island to frame <laughs> in the summer heat. So I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe gutters will be a little bit better. At least yeah, that sounds pretty nice. Yeah. Home. <laughs> Certainly a lot lighter than carrying LVLs. Um, so yeah, I made that switch and I, I just, I just loved it. Uh, I did that the whole summer and I loved it so much. I pretty much didn't go back to my teaching job. I, I literally took my degree and threw it out, threw it in the gutter from then on. It was it. That was it. And uh, nice. I worked for a, a company for about, I don't know, three or four months. And then I pretty much uh, opened up my own business the following year. Uh, that was uh, February, 1999. So over 20, 21 years ago. Very cool. Gotcha. So you kind of fell into it because it sounded better than, than framing, but then you're like, Hey, I think I can, uh, I can make my own go of this. And so once you got into doing gutters for yourself, like how did the business evolve from there? Did you stick with gutters right from the start or do you start to deviate from that? Uh, I stuck with gutters pretty much right from the start. And for the first three and a half years, it was just me. Uh, it was me. I was an owner installer operator. Uh, when I had bigger jobs, I would, you know, pull some friends of mine in, uh, you know, so I was uh, the typical, you know, self-employed wearing all the hats kind of guy, you know, and just toughing it. I, I didn't have any business experience or anything like that. I just knew how to work hard. And uh, back then, you know, you put an ad in the telephone book and your phone would ring. It was, it was, <laughs> it's it was like it was, magic, right? <laughs> it was a lot simpler than it is today. Right. So, um, but about three and a half years into it, um, I, I started, you know, seeing that there was more opportunity for expansion and, and, and possibly even growing to more than just me on a truck. And my brother was in between jobs and uh, he was part of the marketing.com.bomb thing. And he was a graphic designer and did marketing and all that kind of stuff. And I said, hey, you know, it'll be like being on the truck with dad when we were kids and uh, doing chores around the house. Why don't you come over here and, you know, we'll see what we can do. And, you know, I wasn't thinking, you know, we would be partners at that point. I was just going to help him out until he got his next job. And, uh, you know, he came on and my brother was always good. He was always creative at figuring out how to, how to not do the actual work. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't go too much detail because he's not here to defend himself. You'll Fair have to enough. have him yeah. on another time. <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, he said, Ken, you know, do you have a website? And uh, I said, no, I don't have a website. So in 2001, it was 2002, around there, uh, I, I had a website. He built it from scratch, and he ended up doing a lot more marketing things. And really, he, Ryan has a – our relationship is great um, because I'm more of a visionary by nature, and he's an implementer. So he's good at, like, taking the ideas that I have and then – giving them legs to, to walk. He's really good with details and perfect combination right there. You know, you uh, those, you, that's the perfect combo right there. You need those yeah. two skill sets within the business. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was like how it started 
that's when things started to really evolve. And he started to see the opportunity and started taking things seriously. And then he put some skin in the game. And pretty much to make a long story short, Ryan and I became partners. And uh, uh, that was probably around 2003-ish, somewhere in there. Very cool. Yeah. And then I know, you know, you and I were kind of talking before the recording, but you guys started to do other things than just gutters, but then I know you made your way back to just gutters. So maybe you can speak to that a little bit from like a system standpoint and a marketing standpoint, because that's where I really want to get into all this is kind of systematizing the business, but you know, why, why did you evolve, but then why did you come back? <laughs> well, Oh, that's a great question. You know, it's, it's tempting, right? It's tempting. You know, the temptation was in front of us all the time. We're doing all this work and people are saying, you know, do you guys do anything else besides gutters? And, you know, um, you know, we started saying, you know, some, so even some of our people that we knew in business said, why aren't you guys doing fascia board? I mean, we used to, we used to sub even that out. <laughs> uh, we wouldn't touch anything except unless it was running out of a seamless gutter machine. Uh, and, and we just started saying, you know what, we're passing up a lot of money here. And by around 2004 or five, we, you know, the construction boom hit and it was, the temptation was too great. And we just ended up doing all kinds of crazy stuff. <laughs> and by then Ryan and I still were working on developing, uh, our business acumen <laughs> as, as we would say, uh, wasn't quite there yet, especially to take on what we were about to uh, go into it started going into fascia board and then soffit and then then before you know it we're siding houses and replacing windows and doing roofing and then that evolved into us framing houses and doing bathroom remodels and and bath and kitchens and and then we even got a set crew going when we were setting modular houses I mean it was crazy crazy and it was just like money was going out and coming in and we were up to maybe 35, 40 employees at one point. And then the 2007 and a half, I think the writing was on the wall. And we just knew that, man, something has changed. The economy is, is not what it was. And we had discontinued doing the construction. And we just went back to just focusing on the gutters uh, and Basically, uh, went through a whole even rebranding. Uh, we were we were waterfall uh, seamless gutters when I first started, and then uh, we had a we had a a, a a competition thing with a product called the waterfall gutter guard system. Maybe you've heard of that. It was a plastic kind of gutter guard system that was popular back then. I don't even know if it still exists. So we changed the name from that because they didn't like that we were. Uh, had the same name as them, even though we weren't really competing. Um, and we opened up as Waterflow Gutter Solutions. And we thought, wow, this is a great name. We got the seamless out of there. We have these solutions now. And then uh, when, the, when that whole construction debacle happened um, and we got rid of the construction stuff, we, just, this, we went through this whole rebranding thing with Cumulus Media uh, to, to do a radio ad. And uh, they got us, we had this private little session with the speaker who was at this uh, forum that we were at. And we basically started to kind of reinvent ourselves. And, you know, we're just, we just do gutters. That's all we want to do. We don't want to do any other construction. We learned our lesson. And, uh, you know, out of that whole 
brainstorm. Uh, we're brothers. We're, we're family. Uh, we just want to do gutters. And the tagline, the brothers that just do gutters, evolved out of that meeting. And what we found shortly as we started to do the radio ad and we had the little catchy song and everything that people were calling and we were answering the phone, Waterflow gutters, how may I help you? And people say, well, I'm looking for gutter brothers or the brothers gutters or the brothers <laughs> that just do gutters or who do gutters or whatever they would say. And uh, we were just like, okay, now we've got another problem here. What are we going to do? And the lawyer just said, hey, just change it to the doing business as the brothers just do gutters. And then a couple of years later, we made that the official name by popular demand by our own customers. Uh, our tagline became the name of the company and what it is today. So that hopefully that gives you a, kind of a little bit of an idea of the, well, the struggle <laughs> that we went through during that time, but we made it through. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting because, you know, from a marketing perspective, you, you know, when you start getting all these opportunities, you know, you're like, Oh, great. But then you become known for less and less because you just do everything. And so right. when you guys made the, the switch back to just focus on gutters, you know, like you guys are probably the ones that are known for that. And there's not, you know, it's tough to compete with you because you, you start to carve out that, that niche and people know you from that perspective. But I'm curious to hear from, from your perspective, what did that do when you made that switch and that tagline became the company name? Did you notice that like things got easier from a marketing perspective or just overall systems? Like what happened? Absolutely. It was a huge difference. As a matter of fact, our whole company went through a huge transformation. We went from being a gutter company that was probably 60, 70% working for contractors and all kinds of different builders and things of that nature to doing a total flip-flop. And uh, that rebranding really uh, led us down into more of a residential company and doing residential homes and stuff, which was perfect timing uh, for us, especially going into what we know today as the Great Recession, uh, because homeowners were we're fixing up their investment and they pay half down or and, and, and upon completion where you're not chasing after money and stuff. Uh, so, and, 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 and the rebranding to the brothers that just do gutters, uh, it doesn't take a lot of mental real estate for people to remember it because our name says it all. Uh, so I really feel that our marketing dollars, when it comes to uh, having to spend money on marketing, even to, t to today, uh, we don't have to spend as much as, you know, like my old company would have to like waterfall seamless gutters is not very memorable. Uh, so, uh, and, and the name speaks, you know, it's warm, it's friendly, it's, it's, it's family. It's, there's a lot of things that encompass and, 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 and core values that you get out of that, uh, that, um, is pretty powerful, uh, as far as marketing is concerned. So, uh, it's been, it, it's been the best thing that we ever, ever did. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. It's good to hear. And, and I know since then you guys have actually started to franchise it out. Um, but let's dig into the systems. Like how do you get to that point? You know, what, what do you really need to do within that first location, that first business to be able to get to a point to do that from a system standpoint? Well, uh, first thing that you have to do is you have to change and adapt your mindset of you know, I had to do, I had to, as the leader of a company and Ryan had to do so much research and so much 
growing and, and, and internal changes that we needed to do uh, to change our mindset about business and how what we wanted from it. Um, you know, is it expand with a corporate model or is it expand through a business strategy like franchising? And uh, we just really felt as we started doing going down the path of the discovery of um, learning uh, about systems, and, and there's tons of books out there about it, and probably many people on your podcast have heard of the E Myth Revisited. Was like one of the first ones. Oh man, this is this is it. This is this is the golden ticket. This is exactly what we we were trying to do here. Um, you know, and it also it's you know what is it that you want out of your business too? You know, do you want to stay as a self-employed person that wears all the hats, which is fine. People can make money doing that, and as long as you're happy doing that keep on doing it. But Ryan and I are builders. We always have been since we were little kids, whether it was building sandcastles on the beach or playing sports or whatever, you know, we always wanted to, I always wanted to build it bigger and he always wanted to build it really nice with all these details. And, you know, that's the same kind of partnership that we have in this business. And that's why franchising was very attractive to us because when you take those systems and you create them for every little thing in your company, so that when you hire people, it creates a great culture and working environment of learning and being able to hit their personal goals as well. And then you're able to transfer that feeling and experience onto your clients. Man, there's nothing more powerful than that. Uh, so, you know, that's really something that we really um, had to um, had to learn and it took a lot of time. And I would say that journey started back when we were going through that struggle of who trying to define who we are and what we wanted to be in business back in 2007, 2008. Uh, we literally spent probably a, at least a good part of a decade working on systems and fine tuning things um, all the way till about 2015. Obviously, we're still fine tuning things even today uh, and making them better, but that's when we actually launched as an official franchise and had all of our you know, ducks in a row for, for that to happen. Um, so hopefully that answer it gives you a little bit of insight on that. Yeah, for sure. And, and I'm curious too, just because I think a lot of people, um, they get into business for themselves. You know, a lot of times they start on the tools or in the actual trade of the business. And then you, as you grow, you start to realize, oh, now I'm business owner and I'm hiring people. And, you know, there's that natural evolution. So, you know, how do you, how do you get to that point where you actually remove yourself out of the operation of the business. You know, I know logistically, you know, we always talk about, you know, you, you find somebody for this role and this role, but it, there's obviously more to it, or there would be more people that have jumped out of the business and, and have it running and operating without them, assuming that's what they want to do, which is kind of what you were saying. Yeah, too. absolutely. Uh, I, I think you need a coach. You really need somebody that can coach you through it to keep you accountable to the working on your business to where it is that you want to go. And you really have to define that for yourself. And it's different for every individual. Uh, so you really have to define what is it that I want out of this business and how do I envision my business and what does it look like a year from now, two, three, four, five, ten years from now? What does my business look like? And then you have to put together a plan. And you got to stay on task with that plan, whether it's you know, developing a 90-day plan where you have big rocks within that plan that you're working on as you're wearing the tool belt because, you know, you, there is a, there, you just don't take off the tool belt and then you're, all of a sudden you you're, don't have to do these things anymore. 
but it certainly is a race to replace. And I really believe a, a great book too that, that helps with this is just hiring talent. You know, you hire cheap, you're going to get cheap. If you hire people with talent and specifically talent, not just with the hard skills, but with the soft skills too, and they have leadership ability, then you can start having what we call as the race to replace in our business. And that's something that you have to be comfortable too of being able to let things go. Uh, you know, if, if I was still doing, wearing all the hats in my business, I'd still be in the same place right now and not have multiple locations and, you know, trucks everywhere. Um, but you have to start somewhere. And I think in our business, the best place to start is with your organizational chart, uh, getting a back office admin to do that stuff. Because typically guys who are wearing the tool belt, like I started out, I don't know anything about QuickBooks and I don't want to know anything about it, but I want to hire that done with somebody who, you know what, when they open up those spreadsheets and everything, their lives light up and they're passionate about it and they love it. And they're able to give me a report that I can read and, you know, Ken's, <laughs> you know, uh, simplify it for me so that I can understand what is it that I need to do uh, to make certain things happen, whether it be in the field or whether it be in sales or marketing decisions and that person there. So I really think that that's an important step. But I also think that as you uh, evolve too, is that you need somebody to keep you accountable to sticking to those goals and having a business coach that um, has the experience of, 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 of uh, taking business owners from uh, being an owner solar operator to having leadership and developing infrastructure and systems within your organization is really key and pivotal for for somebody who doesn't want to wear the tool belt long term. That makes sense. Yeah, and I think um, you know, really starting with you know, what do you want out of the business? I think is an important one. But then um, I love that the answer was getting a coach because I think a lot of times we think that we have to know everything because we're in the you know the top spot or you know whatever it may be, but really, if you're not, you know, learning and growing and, you know, finding somebody that can kind of show you the path, then it tends to not happen or it just takes a lot longer because you have to figure a lot of stuff out yourself. Well, that's, that's yeah. if I knew what I knew now, oh man, back when I started, when I was 23, 24 years old, oh my gosh. It'd go a lot faster, right? <laughs> oh, it'd be a lot faster. And the way that you go fast in business is it really comes to hiring people that are passionate about sales, you know? I can, I, can, I can go out and sell stuff all day long, but if I have the tool belt on and I have to go produce the work, I have to sell the work, there's no way. I am not going to be able to have the time to follow up on those leads. I'm just an order taker. I'm going, I'm doing an, an estimate for somebody, and then boom, once that's done, I'm waiting for the next lead to come in and I'll go do it in between jobs or whatever, however uh, guys do it. And I did that. I, I did it. It's a rat race. and. I never had time to follow up. And that's where the gold is. You know, yeah. you know, 20% of the people are going to probably sign with you just because they got a referral or something like that. Or, you know, uh, and 20% and are probably not going to go with you because they're going to go with somebody else. And so you're fighting over that 60%. And if you're wearing all these hats in your business, that 30%, because you want to be closing somewhere around 50%, you can't do it as an owner. You can't. It's, somebody who's passionate about sales and that's all they're focused on, they're going to outsell an owner all day long if you have the right guy. 
So, you know, and that goes for everything, you know, putting off the tool belt is really the first step. The next step is really being good at recruiting and not only always be doing it, but budgeting for it and putting time every week to be building that bench, building a bench of resumes that you can pull from. That way, if a guy leaves, that's a good guy. I always hear this all the time. That's, man, I wish I could get another guy like Jim, you know, or if I could just clone that guy or yeah. myself, you know. I hear that all the time, and, and the, the problem is is that people are not spending time and spending money on recruiting each week because they're wearing too many hats, and they don't have the time to do it. And recruiting, and then that leads to interviewing, and interviewing leads to people waiting there for you to say, hey, I'm ready for you. We just uh, are expanding to a new truck or, or a new job. And, and same with any kind of department within your business as it continues to grow. I'm always growing it so that the deeper I go in each department, whether it's marketing, whether it's uh, the back office, whether it's um, uh, the field or sales, I'm always building a bench. I'm always doing those things. And pretty soon as those departments grow and I have leaders in those departments that are overseeing that, they're going to share the insomnia and they're going to be the ones who are recruiting and interviewing those people. And that's how it evolves. Um, and that's how it's evolved for us. And we're teaching uh, not just our franchisees, but, you know, Ryan and I talk to a lot of people about business because we love it so much. And we're teaching them the same principles. It's nothing that we've invented or, you know, come up with. It's just all stuff that we've learned from other successful business owners. And that's why getting a coach, I think, is super important and who you associate with. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I want to learn a little bit more from you on the, the recruiting aspect. How, like how much time should you be thinking about dedicating towards building the bench and just, you said weekly, but like, I'm just trying to get a sense of like, how much time were you spending, you know, doing that, you know, a few years ago and then today, you know, what does that oh, look like? If you ever saw Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, he always says, always, always be closing. <laughs> well, we take that and we say, always be recruiting. You know, uh, you know, that's something that we do in our organization. And we, ever since I started, uh, when I was a little kid, I was always recruiting. You know, when I was the captain of the dodgeball game that was happening in the backyard with the kids at the neighborhood, I was already looking out, who am I recruiting to be on my team so we could win? Because that's what it's all about. It's all about winning and putting the winning team out on the field. And I want to have my A players out there all the time. So, you know, it, 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 to, to simplify it more, for somebody who's just starting to go down the path of wanting to do this, dedicate a couple hours a week. Mark it off on your calendar. That's really practical. You know, maybe it's between uh, three and five o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon or whenever you think that you can break away and you just guard that time. And you put, you go through those resumes that are coming in. You make those contacts. You book, when you book interviews, book them, book them, especially for the field, because a lot of times people, you know, I tried recruiting people and half the people don't even show up. So book those in 15 minute intervals. So what if they're sitting there waiting, if you're on an interview, but get yourself in the habit of being able uh, to get good at it too. And you know what? If a guy isn't even qualified at it, have them in anyway, because it's good practice for you. We have to get good at recruiting and interviewing if we're going to be able to do it. And we have to make time for it. We have to have a budget for it. 
And as that continues to evolve and you start getting it going, obviously, as you replace yourself in different avenues of your business, you're going to have people who are talented and in, in, in different aspects of your business that'll be able to help with that as well. Yeah. No, I think that's really good practical advice, you know, and it does, you know, just takes time, you know, and so if you wait until you need somebody, you know, then you're behind, you know, already, you know, so if you're always interviewing and you always have that just as a part of your regular ongoing system, then you'll have a network of people, even if you find the right person, you're not in a position to hire them. You can say, Hey, you know what? We're hoping to be able to hire you within the next three months, six months, whatever it is. But then you're just having an open conversation with them. They know that you're not stringing them along, but you say, Hey, we're interested, but we just can't hire you. Um, so I, I think that's great advice to just have it part of that regular cadence, that re regular rhythm. I'm going to give you a little, well, actually a big piece of insight that most construction companies don't even realize. Nearly all of the problems you encounter in your projects and business have one thing in common, communication or lack thereof. Think about the last time a project went sideways. I'm guessing if you traced it back to its source, it had something to do with a missed or miscommunication. In fact, 72% of client unhappiness is directly attributed to poor communication during projects. Needless to say, good communication needs to be a priority in your business. And that's especially true with everything that's happening around us today. BuildBook has created a simple solution that makes communicating with your clients and team incredibly easy so nothing slips through the cracks. And as a reminder, they've also made it 100% free for you to use during this uncertain climate we're currently in. So hit pause right now and text BuildBook, one word, to 33777, and they'll send you a link to sign up. All right, let's get back to the show. Um, the other position that I'm interested to hear your perspective on is just hiring for that sales spot. Because I think a lot of um, owners tend to, they're, they're either the highest producing salesperson or they have trouble finding somebody actually to, to replace themselves because it does require some unique skill sets. Uh, they're obviously not, um, I, I don't know, I guess impossible to find, but what have you found that's been helpful in trying to find good salespeople and train them for that role? Well, you know, it's, I've done the, the profiling, the personality profiling tests, and we've put that to the test since, I don't know, probably the mid 2000s, we were doing stuff like that. And, you know, what I've really come to find out with people is that, you know, if they have a hunger and a passion about about it. And I really feel that you want to hire somebody that has sales experience. You know, somebody has sales experience is going to come into an interview and you're going to ask them a question like, well, tell me what follow, what does follow-up look like to you? Or, you know, what does a cold call look like to you? And how are you going to generate for the company? Even though we're going to be providing you leads, you know, and, you know, if their eyes light up and they're saying, well, I do this, 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 and this, and this is how I track it. And this is what I've done at this company over here. And, uh, you know, cold calling is no problem for me. Um, you know, and they just share their experience and you can tell that there's a hunger and passion about that, that like they love it. They love, they love what they do. They love to sell. Um, that's really, I think one of the first qualities I think when you're hiring for any position is what kind of a level of enthusiasm and passion do they have about the job that you're looking 
for them uh, to, to hire. Um, so that's one of the qualities that we, we, we use. Um, we have a very short sales cycle in, 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 uh, with a gutter, gutter estimate. Sure. Like average yeah. is like 40 minutes, right? Um, which can be much different than other trades like remodeling and stuff could be, you know, they could be going back two or three times uh, before they close the deal. So, um, you know, we need to have somebody that is going to be uh, able to bond and rapport with that homeowner, but also not be afraid to close the deal uh, and get it done. Because in our business, you know, people are calling because they have a problem and that's why they're calling us. They want to make a decision. Uh, they're not just waking up today and say, you know what, I think I'm going to get new cutters. You know, people do that when they, you know, they, they want to remodel a bathroom or a kitchen, but you know, gutters, they're calling us because they, so I, I need somebody that is energetic and a bond and rapport, but still be able to co come across as being able to show that we're giving them a solution that is good for their home and that makes sense. Uh, so, um, you know, those are some of the qualities that we're looking for. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to, one of the things that um, a lot of guys will do is in business that I notice is that you want to hire people who are passionate professionals in what they do, because they're going to be up and running a lot faster than somebody that you have to train everything from scratch. You know, a, a lot of guys, and I've even made this mistake in the past of, of putting the wrong person in the wrong role. And that's just going to cost you a lot of time and training and money. And then before you know it, three, four months or maybe six months down the road, sometimes we tolerate people for way too long in business and they really weren't the right fit. Um, so you want to make sure that, that you're, you're making sure in your process uh, that they are uh, the right fit. Hopefully um, that answers uh, your question. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. I mean, you, you got to know the role that you're hiring for, but then you're looking for some of those key elements. You know, like you said, you can kind of see that they have knowledge about the process or how they answer those interview questions or their excitement and passion for it. Um, and yeah, I feel like if you can, if you can start popping yourself out of these roles, you know, you start to unstick yourself. You know, and that's really when you can start to do something like franchise if that's what you want to do but even if you don't it gives you that ability to just uh, be working like you said at the top of the interview on the business and not being stuck in it you know you yeah. can look for those micro improvements you know along yeah, the way. absolutely and I think what you said earlier too about people getting into business I think one of the biggest reasons why everyone gets into business is because they want to make money but they also want to have time and you know a lot of guys can't seem to have both, especially when everything relies on you. You certainly don't have a lot of time, especially when your phone's ringing off the hook all the time. When, when it's family time, when it's dinner time, when it's, you know, you want to go out and do whatever with the guys or, or vacation or whatever, you know, so that's why I think, um, you know, and that's what I wanted. I, I, I started thinking about my business differently because I was like, man, I just can't seem, I like hanging gutter. I don't, you know, I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm good at it, but you know what, you know, I've, I've done, you know, I did it for 10 years installed out in the field and it's like, all right, I'm only getting older and fatter. I better figure <laughs> this out because there's no way that I'm going to keep producing like this. You know, my income was going to go up and then all of a sudden it's going to start going down. And you know what? I don't have time. My kids are starting to get older and stuff and I don't have my time. So, you know, for me, I just knew that I needed to redefine 
how it was that I approached uh, business as well. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, we talk a lot about that here. And I, I just talk about in, in terms of the concept of retirement too. Like right. the whole reason everyone wants to get there is just because they want to spend time on other things. And so I feel like it's always this balance of time freedom and money freedom, you know, m- the money to do the things you want to do or have experiences or things or whatever, you know, your passions are, but then you need the time to do those things too. And so uh, to your point, you know, systematizing the business in as many areas as you can, and ideally all of them, gives you that time freedom, and more than likely, it also the money freedom comes along with it because you've figured out, you know, the the numbers and and how everything works. So, uh, so Ken, I've got one last segment of the show for us, but before I get to that, you know, how can people connect with you or learn more about what you're up to and uh, learn about the franchise if that's something they're interested in, or maybe just ask you business questions. Uh, what's the best way to connect with you? Oh, well, there's a couple uh, great ways to connect. Uh, as far as informational purposes, brothersfranchise.com is a great resource uh, for people. There's a lot of testimonials and podcasts and uh, content on there that people can look at. Uh, also, um, uh, my Instagram, uh, I post a lot of stuff on Instagram. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, just anything that has to do with business. Ryan and I are, are constantly doing uh, podcasts and putting out content out there to help people and to help the industry. Uh, so uh, connecting me on Instagram and uh, Facebook, uh, we are, we're doing a lot there too as well. Um, and directly calling me, um, I'm the point of contact for business development on the franchise side of things. Um, so, uh calling me, emailing me is, is always good. Um, so yeah, I directly will be able to talk with people directly about any of those types of things. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I'll, I'll grab that info from you so we can link it up in the show notes for everybody. So let's head into our last segment. We call it the fast five. So I'm going to hit you with five rapid fire questions and just say whatever comes to mind. Uh, but the first question is what is your favorite business book and why? Hmm. Wow. Right now, I would say the 10X rule by Grant Cardone. That's, I've been just eating that one for the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, especially at times like this that we're going through, it's just, you know, it just fires you up and says, you know what, this is the type of situation where I got to raise my activity level to 10 times what I've been doing. Um, maybe even 20 times because of what we're going through right now. And uh, so I really feel that that's uh, a great book because really, if you want to be successful, that's what really it takes is that is activity equals results. And and that leads to success. And typically success can also lead to happiness as well uh, when you're, when you're doing the thing that you're passionate about. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. Uh, Really a good one for kind of expanding your your mind on what's possible or what you're capable of. Um, but next question is who is the most inspirational person in your life? Wow. Hmm. Man, that's a tough one. There's so many, (laughs) uh, I don't know. I'd have to say, uh, Oh man, that is a tough one. Can we come back to that one? (laughs) 
Sure, we'll come back to it. Yeah. Dunk me on that one. <laughs> uh, all right, I next one is. Saying, well, I'm, I'm kind of. It's kind of a tough question because if anybody listens to this thing that I know, <laughs> like I thought I was. <laughs> yeah. Well, we could just say one of the top. Yeah. <laughs> one of the top. There we yeah. go. I would say, uh, I, I you know one of the people that I, I never met met him, but his his philosophy on business has very been very inspirational and probably have had a, the biggest impact on me is probably Robert. Kiyosaki. Um, so I would say that as far as from a business standpoint, he's been uh, most influential. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember first reading, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, a decade ago or whatever it is. And yeah, just total mind shift. So uh, I totally get that. Um, all right. Next question might be a little easier for you, but uh, if you could have one superpower, what would that be? Oh. How about to be all-knowing? All-knowing? That's a good one. I like that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, describe yourself in three words. Uh, hmm. Words. Never give up. I like it. Cool. All right. Last question is, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would that be? Never give up. Uh, (laughs) never give up Uh, you know that's that's my advice Uh, it's you know you can create your own destiny and um you know we're all going to face obstacles we're facing a big obstacle right now all of us (laughs) worldwide and you know what we can't give up we got to keep pushing forward uh, and and uh and that's what gets us to the other side uh, of anything especially a thing like we're all going through right now uh it certainly has uh done well for for us in business as well having that kind of mentality that you know what you just can't can't stop pushing it doesn't matter what obstacle i'm going to figure out a way over it around it through it under it and um and that's pretty much what i would advise to anybody is to keep pushing forward cool yeah that's that's awesome advice and ken thanks so much for joining me today thank you spencer Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Ken. Again, I know you're on the go, you're doing other things while you're listening to this, so I like to pull out some good takeaways for you. And in reflecting back on the conversation, there's really a big takeaway that comes to mind, and that is, first, look at all the hats that you're wearing in your business. So you're operating in different roles, you're probably executing on a variety of roles. So in order to start replacing yourself, there's really two big things that you need to work on. One is building that bench that Ken talked about. So always hiring, always recruiting, looking for the right person for those different hats. So it could be a sales hat, an operations hat, a marketing hat, an admin hat. So you're trying to remove yourself from that role. You have to find the right people. So carve out some time, like Ken said, and start looking for those people. The second part is documenting everything that that role requires so that you can start to train that person and that they know how all those activities should be executed. So if it's somebody in sales, hey, this is what follow-up looks like for every lead. Hey, this is what follow-up looks like after every meeting. And if you start to just do this one thing of identifying the hats you're wearing and then breaking it down to documenting the things that you do and looking for the right person to replace yourself, you'll start to make rapid progress in systematizing your business like Ken has and what he's done with the franchising. So 
Hopefully you guys got a lot out of this episode. Again, it's always a good refresher to think about, you know, the e-myth and some of those core principles in terms of systematizing the business, removing yourself from the operations so that you can work on the business and move the business forward. Thanks again for listening, guys. And we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And as a quick reminder, text RADIO to 33777 for some free goodies as a thank you for listening to the show. And if you got some value from today's episode, I just ask that you leave us a quick review on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word and grow this awesome community of people who are working to improve their lives and their businesses. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio.